Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. This edition, we catch up with longtime Orlando Magic television producer Ty Eastham as we go behind the scenes on the broadcast on Valley Sports Florida. And we have a big reveal at the end. You certainly do not want to miss this episode. It's brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Uh, we have a lot of fun with Ty Eastham here. What it takes to put on a magic television broadcast. Maybe some stories from behind the scenes. The genesis of Is This Anything? And everything that goes into Orlando Magic Television. A behind-the-scenes look on the broadcast with Ty Eastham on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, Jeff Turner, David Steele, George Galate, and oh, we're going to have some fun here with this one. Joining us on this edition is Ty Eastham. He is the producer for all Magic telecasts on Valley Sports Florida, the vice president of broadcasting for the Orlando Magic. And we thought we'd have some fun, peel back the curtain a little bit on what it takes to put a broadcast on on Valley Sports Florida. And the guy responsible for keeping all of us in line is this guy. Ty Eastham. That is not an easy that is not an easy job to do, Ty, is it? I I would imagine. No, it's it's similar to being like a kindergarten teacher, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would imagine. Is this uh, is that, this a that's night where we're going? Okay. All right. <laughs> is this an is this a nightmare for a producer to have a day off and have to see all of us again <laughs> right away? It's like let's just start talking about tomorrow. Yeah, we're let's gonna, do it. We'll get our meeting. Here. meeting. That yeah. should be what it is. It should be the production meeting right now. Yeah. Now that would be a good podcast. That would be. Well, we could do that. We could have a little, a little, a little production meeting at the end. We we might have a reveal on this podcast, by the way. So I, I you definitely want to stay tuned for that, right? We might have a little, little reveal at the end. And technically, Ty, all all five of us are on the broadcast every night, right? The three of us, and then George, if the official makes a bad call, yeah. right? Yeah. That that squeaky voice you hear through the headsets. I know I'm always I'm always too loud when Dante looks over at me and he goes, "Hey, settle down." <laughs> you can you can hear George every home game right behind David and JT. My but question, my question is, do the refs know that it that they don't know it's you? I, I've got to know right now. I feel like I've masked it. I have a I have a pretty good routine. I like to I you know if oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I like to shout. It's, something it's out just loud. this, by the way. It's just this. That's all. Yeah. Look, act like I'm looking off to the side. I do one of those. Like I'm not paying attention to the game at all. Like like one of those. Joel thinks I should get the COVID mask back on though. <laughs> COVID mask. Oh, Lord. That certainly helped you. Well, Ty, give us a little insight for everybody listening, the Magic fans and all that. Kind of the day to day, what it takes to to kind of put a television broadcast on. We'll get a little bit into your background and, and stuff like that. Tell some fun stories of a young David Steele and Jeff Turner. But uh, what what kind of the day to day? Uh, on what you're responsible for now. Uh, well, like today, uh, you know, we're the day before a game tomorrow. You know, uh, so I'll uh, sit down here soon and try to map out what we're going to talk about in our pregame show with you guys and then um, what we're going to do in our open before the tip and just some of the uh, sponsored elements throughout the game. Um, you know, what those graphics or video might look like. 
figure out what Dante's moment's going to be with you. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll have a meeting tomorrow after a uh, shoot-around. So tomorrow there'll be a shoot-around. So we'll all meet to, uh, at the uh, Advent Health Training Facility. We'll watch a little bit of practice, and then we'll go into a room, and we'll kind of meet, and I'll tell you guys what I came up with, and you guys will tell me, let's change that. And not <laughs> most of the time you don't, but you guys are good. So... I got his uh, play for we'll the find out. anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out what is this anything is tomorrow, and then we'll we'll uh, so we'll meet that, and then uh, I get to the truck around uh, twelve o'clock. Crew gets there around twelve thirty, and uh, and I you know print out all the rundowns for everybody, and they uh, they start building the graphics and building the uh, all the video and everything like that to get us ready for the game that night. How would you describe what it's like in the truck? during a game what what is that like controlled chaos uncontrolled yeah, chaos. it's controlled chaos i mean you know it it's uh if things are going well it's it's a pretty smooth operation we've all done it so much that it's i know if somebody on the outside coming in looks at it and go oh my gosh you know all these monitors all the you know everything going on it's it's crazy but after you've done it, you you know where everything is. You know what what's going on, and and it's 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 not that it's not that crazy to me. So I you know I don't see it, but um, you know the, it gets crazy when you know there's technical issues, which we have, and uh, you know it gets it gets crazy when there's big moments. That's when it gets really you know chaotic because we're all trying to you know organize everything all the replays all the graphics and you know things like that and uh so when there's a big moment that's uh it gets a little more amped up is the craziest time though time when david Steele's monitor goes out at the desk <laughs> you know and and he starts yelling on his talk back i mean is that is that the really the hardest time for you it, it pretty much is that's when my <laughs> ire gets up i'm like oh my gosh the monitor's out can we have good audio? What you know? <laughs> How hard is this? <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. It's like, uh, well, you, you know, know, the thing is, is when you've got an obstructed <laughs> juice seat to begin with, which is Here what we're going to have. I love it. Yes. And then the monitor. I try coming out and calling the game like this. It's a challenge. <laughs> it's, you know, but, but the bigger challenge is I can literally not do anything other than rely on someone else to do something so i can like you know and and i'm on headsets and i'm we're yelling at people hey get this fixed blah blah, blah. but we have no idea what they're physically doing all we yeah. can say is we're working on it we're working on it so i'm like you know <laughs> meanwhile a game's going on so i gotta you know focus on that but you know Luckily, we did get your monitor back last night. Yes, we did. After forty-five minutes, it was quick. <laughs> I realized that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it, it, those it, are it, frustrating it, things for me. Those are frustrating things for me as well. Fans, you know, if we do it right, fans have no idea that, that there's crazy things going on. And in Mexico City, I was not there, but Jeff and Dante had just an insane situation. Um, and tie you too in that situation. Yeah. I mean, it was a challenging night for everybody, but, uh, but I, you know, I was at home and I watched the game. And as I told all you guys afterwards, I couldn't tell that you guys were having all those problems. You, you pulled it off so seamlessly. So that, uh, yeah. that's a credit to what you guys do. Yeah. Mexico city was probably the worst broadcast experience of my career. 
it was really, really a bad one. I think but, that's fair. Know, I think that's fair. And we, we're probably second that, wouldn't we, Dante? Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot to get JT worked up, but he took his headset <laughs> off and said, I've never been a part of anything like that in my <laughs> life. I saw JT on the Snoop Cam throw his headset. That's what he did. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was sitting next to those guys, and as soon as Dante goes, good night, everybody, both of them just took their headsets off, slammed them on the table, looked at the guy next to him, was like, that was the worst thing we've ever done. (laughs) Worst thing we've ever done. We had a, uh, I had a former director a while ago, when something would go bad, and we'd he'd be like, guy at home don't know. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. No. At home, don't know. Then it's all right. Okay. You know, yeah. That's you know what's exactly funny? Right. You know what's funny is the A two in Mexico City. There's a language barrier. So the the audio people in Mexico City gave me the same look as the audio people in Charlotte for some reason. <laughs> there's certain there's certain cities you go to where you know you're going to have trouble. But I think what would be interesting, guys, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, Ty, you used to be with the team. You used to travel with the team and go to every city. And you know, the, everybody's seen the big television trucks that are out in front of these big arenas and you do that at home. Um, but that truck, it, you, you're no longer with us on the road, kind of the, the way technology has evolved. And that kind of lends to what you're talking about. You're, you're very limited in being able to help us on site because you're not there, which is kind of interesting. Right. So the industry, it's called cloud control now, and there's still a truck. There's a truck, uh, at the arena, at the venue. Um, so like last night, uh, where were you last night? Cleveland. Cleveland last night. Um, so there's a truck outside still, and uh, our director is there. We still have our technical director, all our cameras, uh, the same crew that would normally be there. But myself, um, our uh, editor, our graphics operator, and our uh, score bug operator all stay back in Orlando. Um, and we work out of a room called the cloud control room. And basically, we're just watching everything on monitors. And our graphics operator, uh, Derek and Nate, our uh, editor, um, they can control their machines uh, through basically an internet connection. Um, and the controller's there in Orlando, but they, they're hooked up through an internet connection. And they can control their machines and see everything. And we see all the monitors that we would normally see in, a, in the truck. And then we're just on headsets with everybody in, in Cleveland in the truck and kind of, you know, directing them that way. So, um it's a different way to do it. Um, you know, so it's literally when David's monitor goes out, I cannot do anything from Orlando <laughs> other than tell somebody, but, uh, but, it, uh, it's actually what, you know, when it first started, um, before last season, I was a little skeptical of it. You know, I, you know, one, I didn't, you know, I like being on the road with you guys as far as, you know, we come up with ideas and the dinners and things like that. We really, you know, we talk magic basketball all the time and, you know, a lot of things are, you know, start up from that. But, uh, you know, we, we do these Zoom meetings now and, and, you know, actually the the broadcast, I don't think, like I said, nobody can tell at home that it's that it's different. I, th- I think it's worked out pretty well. And uh, my wife really likes that I don't travel. So I can imagine. And great, great for the family. Great for the family. And I enjoy it too. I like getting home. Like last night, I was home by midnight. I don't know what time you guys got home, but <laughs> right, exactly. it wasn't midnight. It wasn't midnight. Yeah, no, it's not midnight. Not you know, midnight. Not midnight. I, you, midnight. I wasn't in Cleveland the night before either. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You didn't get Mabel's barbecue, so that was that's the, right. the downside. Right. That's what I miss. I miss the food and I miss the company. Well, we miss yeah. Ty on the road. We do. He does for yeah. sure. Ty is Ty is a 
He's a triple D guy. He's a uh, diner, dives, and drive-ins guy, and he's kind of he's a, a foodie. Producer. Yeah, yeah, he's a foodie. And uh, we found Mabel's in Cleveland because of Ty. Um, he he'd read about it. So, um, do you miss that part of it, Ty? Being just just the the restaurants and different oh, yes. coordinator, dining dining coordinator. We miss that <laughs> for sure. I mean, I don't miss. I don't. I kind of don't miss the uh, pressure. You don't miss like, oh, I'm going to eat tonight. Yeah. It's always there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> But and for those that don't know, David Ty comes up with the venue, and David's got to get us there. So that's yeah. kind of the arrangement, right? There's a little yeah, pressure on I, both of you guys. It's hard. Right. Hey, listen, it's hard for us to go get dinner now when David and Ty are <laughs> on the trip. I don't. I don't even know how we go eat. I don't. That's fair. Starve. Well, well you know, luckily, luckily we've established our places in different cities, so we've now we know. Oh, preachers at like that place. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so those triple D spots that we like in certain cities, we, we tend to go back to like, like Mabel's and stuff. Although Mabel's isn't a triple D spot. It's a restaurant, uh, chef Eric's, uh, Michael Simon's restaurant. Uh, he's, you know, a celebrity chef. <laughs> nice. There you go. This is barbecue place. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Just so you know, since you left dive, these guys have had nothing but oatmeal and grilled cheese sandwiches. since One more peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Good God. <laughs> Time. You know, I think that. Oh, go ahead. So, when was the first? I, I I was in the truck for the first time when I was an intern. I I didn't even know what the truck was. I got sent out there to do something for a for an NBC national game. I had to do stats, but you had to do it from the truck, and I had no experience of what the truck was, who was in the truck, what happens in the truck. And I remember when I went out there, it was so intense and so crazy that. When the game was over, like I was, I had nothing to do other than give the guy the score or something like that. And it was, I, I left there, my eyes were just like bulging out of my head. It was so intense. People were cursing at each other. It was, it was wild. <laughs> what, what was your first experience in, in a TV truck? Like, how did that come about? Um, well, uh, after my um, junior year of college, um, I go ahead and tell him where you went. Go ahead, go ahead, that out. go ahead, just get it over. Well, of course, it was Indiana University, the mm-hmm. best college in the land. <laughs> so after college, or after my junior year at Indiana, um, I did an internship at then Sunshine Network, um, and it was it was during the summer. Um, you know, it was for course credit also, but I I knew I I kind of knew about sunshine network i kind of started to know about these uh sports networks a little bit and i was interested in it so i i interned with them and it was during the summer so they didn't have a lot of uh things going on a lot of events going on they did uh, orlando predators football um they did the florida georgia high school all-star game that was at over at uh, the citrus bowl then and i believe that might have been my first experience was in the truck for that um Florida Georgia high school game, or it might've been a predators game, but it was, it was that summer and, and, uh, you know, just seeing everything that went on those, those events were a little less hectic than, you know, an NBA game or, or a national broadcast. Um, but it was, it's still, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I was hooked. I was like, this is, you know, this is, this is great. And, you know, I will say 30 years ago, the industry was a lot different. There was a lot more cursing and, yelling at people um in the trucks back then but 
nowadays it's a little more HR friendly, I would say, you know. So. <laughs> David, has it been a good evolution, I would think, <laughs> all oh, those yeah. early days? Yeah, yeah, Ty, is he's great. Uh, you know, I've been sitting here thinking, what I, probably fans don't understand is that the producer of a game is like another broadcaster. Yeah. I mean, he really is because he's uh, he's in the truck, like you said, or in the cloud, whatever, wherever you are, Ty. Now, I, I don't, still don't understand how that works, but, <laughs> but uh, you're in our, you know, you're in our ear and we've talked with Ty about what we're doing, you know, throughout the day. And so we're all on the same page and it, it's like having uh, an announcer who's not on air that is part of the broadcast team. And Ty is, that's what a good producer is. And that's what a really good producer does. And Ty is, he's the best. He, he's right there with us and um, helps us figure out uh, topics and how we're going to present um, ideas that we have. So um, yeah, he's, he, he's, he's top notch. Come a long way from those early days. That's for sure. Still got me going early on said, this is what we should do in an open. This is what we should do here. And I, I started to grasp it. Started to kind of along the way. You know, it's interesting. I, I remember walking out of a game on the road. Sometimes Brian Hill and I will travel to do the pregame show. And I remember walking, walking to the bus with Brian. This was early in his broadcasting career. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, cause there was some, I forget what road it was. There's some interesting people in TV type. There are some very interesting people <laughs> behind the scenes in those television trucks and working in these arenas. And he looked at me and he said, what, what, what makes these people want to do this? What do these people come from? <laughs> How do you answer that? I mean, right. There's, there's yeah. certainly, it's great. It's a great group and we love it. And we have a blast every night, but there are some interesting characters along the way for sure. Aren't there? Well, Ty, 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 tell me if I'm wrong, Ty, but I think we've talked about this. You, at one point you thought you wanted to be a, an on air play by play or sportscaster, right? Or earlier, maybe in college or prior to that. No, no. I don't know where you got that one. I, I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I was behind the camera. That was Al Michaels. That's when you talked to Al Michaels. Yeah, I guess so. Must have gotten Tommy and Al mixed up. Maybe. I, I took some classes. You know, obviously, I took a lot of production classes in college, and there are some tapes of me on camera. And Ooh, I'd love yeah. to see that. No, you're not going to see that. <laughs> It'd probably be better than us producing, though. I'll tell you that. But yeah, but yeah. what? But there's some interesting characters. And what made you right? And what made you get in? That that's what you right when you got in early is when you knew this is what you wanted to do. Did it's not something yeah. you always knew you wanted to do? No, you know, I went to Indiana. Um, you know, I I grew up here in Florida. I went to Lake Howell High School. Drop another one there. Um, but I I I grew up in Indiana until I was 13, and I always wanted to go to IU. And so after I graduated from high school, I went back to Indiana, went to, went to college there. I was going to go to business. I really wanted to get into advertising and, uh, cause I, I like to be creative. I liked, you know, I watched a lot of TV as a kid. I watched, you know, obviously commercials and things like that. Um, probably too much, but, uh, um, <laughs> so I wanted to get into advertising and I was, you know, Indiana has a good business school. So I was going to go there for business and I figured I'd, I'd learn marketing and advertising to the business school. Well, I guess my research wasn't very good because once I got there, they said, well, we don't have a advertising track in the business school. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how do, you know, how do I do this then? And then they directed me to telecommunications, which is radio and television department. I knew nothing about it. 
So I started reading their, you know, the syllabus and reading about the classes. Like, okay, cool. So I took a class that was kind of an introductory class about television and cable television, history of television, all this kind of stuff. And I, I took it and I loved it. And from, from that point on, I decided I'm going to go into, you know, radio television, you know, track and then go into advertising. And they had advertising classes in there. Um, so I did that. But then I also took production classes, you know, while I was doing that as well, because it's part of the, the degree. And then once I took my first production class, that was, I was kind of hooked on that. And slowly I, I realized I'd rather go into the TV, the production side of it than the advertising side of it. So, um, and the advertising side of, I learned was very competitive as well <laughs> in Chicago and the big, you know, the, the, uh, glorified uh advertising executives that's you know those pitch meetings and things like that you see on mm -hmm. tv it's yeah. it's hard to get to <laughs> so no doubt so yeah so, so uh, yeah so once i once i did the production classes and everything and, and got in, in into all the editing and the camera work and all that kind of stuff i was i was hooked and that's when i when i knew i wanted to to work in this business yeah so ty where, where was your favorite class at IU though. I mean, you gotta, you gotta tell that story. Come on. Well, yeah. My favorite class was coaching basketball by Bob Knight. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's an actual class that they taught and it taught everybody how to coach. Well, he taught, he taught, uh, it was an eight week course, um, that he taught at assembly hall in a room and you would go in a room and he would lecture for an hour, um, walk up and down the aisle, lecturing and it was mostly i mean he would tell you from the beginning that it was a it was the only people that were in there should be education majors because he was he was trying to teach people how to coach basketball at like a high school and and be a teacher as well and kind of manage your time and all that kind of stuff so um so he would lecture for an hour um about you know setting up you know, practice, you know, routines and, and managing your time and things like that. And then afterwards, then you would go out to the lab, which was to go out to the actual court at assembly hall. And the assistant coaches would run you through drills and teach you all these different drills, um, wow. that you would, you know, that you should use as a high school coach and stuff. So that course went on for like eight weeks. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. It was awesome just to, you know, growing up, you know, admiring Bob Knight and having him like, you know, just walking right by you in the, in the aisle of the classroom. It was great. And, uh, you know, he would bring in, you know, he's got a lot, you know, JT, you know, he's got a lot of friends that are just, you know, through this industry. And so, you know, so he would have friends stop by, um, just to see him and he would bring him into to the lecture and have them talk to us. Like one day, uh, Dick Shap talked to us, um, for an hour, gave us a, you know, a little lecture it was it was great you know so definitely my favorite class and i got an a get an a <laughs> how difficult was it to get in that class that must have been um uh, i would yeah, think yeah. a lot of students at iu wanted to, to take that class yeah you know i it had to have been and i don't remember i i remember trying to get in and actually myself and my roommate got into it so we took the class together so i don't know i don't remember um it being difficult to get in, it had to have been to get in, but somehow I got lucky and we got it. So, because it's only an eight week course and he only teaches it 
for one eight weeks during this during the year. So we took it our senior year. We were able to get in. That's great. Well, and you were there for some good Hoosier teams too, I, I imagine, right? So that that experience could have only helped, right? So getting to getting to be around that entire experience from a basketball oh, yeah. standpoint. Yeah, we went to a Final Four. Um, I believe it was my uh, sophomore year. You know, Calvert Chaney, Red Calvert Chaney. He was my neighbor my uh, junior year. Um, we had we had we had some some great guys. So, good well, teams. Ty, take us. Take us back to so now you're you're out of college you're here you're trying to get into this TV industry and now you've got a team that burst onto the scene right you've got an expansion team down here in Central Florida there's a huge buzz in town I, I've only seen the videos but I see Matty Gukas with this giant Olive Garden pin on him right like take us back to some take us back to some of the early TV as you're trying to get this network started and you got a new franchise some of the some of the fun maybe funny things that that you guys were doing back then. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I came, you know, I was in, I was in, I started, I graduated from high school in 1989. That was the year the magic came along. And so I immediately went, you know, to IU and the team started here. So I didn't really have much, I wasn't around the the city or that much during the early years. Um, other than just every once in a while, seeing him on, on TV and stuff. Um, and when I would come back, I would try to get tickets and come to a game. But then uh, after, uh, you know, after I graduated and moved back, you know, I, I immediately started working uh, in the uh, in arena in the Jumbotron room. Um, and that was like, you know, so that was 1993. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was just a different time. I mean, you know, that, you know, when I started, that's when things were really good. Right, um, right. Teams. So with Shaq and, you know, Penny was my first year and everything. So it was just, it was just electric. And then. You know, we were, you know, back then TV, the technology wasn't what it, what it is today, but we were just, you know, we were, you know, I was logging highlights and, and things like that. And we were editing things, you know, like just the old, you know, linear way. And it was just, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we were, I was in the edit suite with, you know, Rick Price and Kevin Cosgrove and Whit Watson. We'd be there late at night editing features and things like that. And so, you know, you know, we did deep dives into the, into these players and interviews and things like that that we did for halftime features and things like that, which uh, we've kind of gotten away from a little bit. I mean, we have the the access, the inside the magic shows and stuff we do, but I feel like back then we really did a lot of a lot of profiles of the players and things like that. Got to know, you know, Shaq and Nick and Penny and those guys, and you know, even the you know Anthony Bowies of the world and Donald Royals, and every once in a while we did talk to JT and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it, no, it was, it was a fun time. He's always around. It is. <laughs> Ty, so when, when you guys are having these production meetings, uh, you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cooks in the room. How do you manage everybody's ideas, including your own ideas and Greg Hartung's ideas? And how do you manage what is going to make it into the broadcast that night? Well, ultimately it's, it's, you know, people, someone has an idea. It's, it's a matter of how are we going to present the idea? You know, video wise, graphically, how is it going to look? And if we can make it look good and they want to talk about it, then that's what, you know, that's what we'll do. So there, there are sometimes there's ideas you're like, well, I just don't know how we're going to present that. You know, it's a great idea in your head or whatever, or in my head or whatever, but I just don't know how 
the best way. And we don't we don't have a lot of those. I mean, usually, I mean, obviously, we're 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 a tight knit group. We're a good group. So if somebody has an idea, you know, it's usually pretty good, and we're usually able to figure out a, the best way to present it. And that it's it's mostly just a conversation of of how we're going to do it. Um, it's rare that you know there's some you know somebody comes up with something. And we're like, nah, that's that's no good. So it's usually Dante's idea where you go now. That's not, not very good. <laughs> well, yeah. When I, I start <laughs> I start talking, everybody's zipping up their bags, right? As soon as I hey, what do you guys think about okay, well <laughs> time to go. <laughs> time to go. Dante's like, Can we get this and this and this and this? I'm like, Dante, there's only like so many hours of the day, I can't do that. <laughs> well, we got 120 sponsors to get in, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's that. Let's get, let's get a word from Florida Lottery. Those, yeah, those quick are my word. Favorite. When I'm in the truck, those are my favorite. I when I when I know when I get to your time, say, all right, roll out for whoever, uh, steak and shake. Roll out, roll out for Florida Lottery. Those are my, those are my favorites. Yeah, got to die. How would right die? You got to pay. Yeah, Ty, how would you explain for everybody, give us an example of is this anything? So we go through our meeting, we've got it all laid out, and you always save it for the end. All right, David, what you got for is this anything? So how is it? Let everybody know how it's presented to us and how we ultimately land on is this anything every night. Well, usually, David, he'll start out with, well, I was wondering. Right. And she (laughs) says on, I mean, truthfully, the what he says on the air is not too much different than what's in the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, that's a good point so i was wondering and he explains it you know but and then he'll lay something out and we'll go yeah okay but that's right then i got something but i got something else blah blah, blah you know and then and then we're like yeah uh, but then there's this other thing and you know so usually two or three get he, he saves the best one for last the yeah. one he knows we're going to use you know but you know sometimes there's like well this one we could use you know later you know you know, when we play Cleveland next week or, you know, let's wait until, you know, we'll see how this plays out for a little bit longer and, and everything like that. So, you know, I like try not to say too much sets, sets me up. He doesn't want to say much because he doesn't want to tip whether he's, whether it's going to be a bell or a buzzer. And I don't want to totally give away who's deciding that, but let's just say he's on this podcast. But the the thing is, (laughs) well, hold on. Oh, so do we have, are we making our big reveal here? Is this our big reveal? Are you saying Ty Eastham is responsible for the bell or buzzer? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> but is that from what I hear? There, there's a, a, sometimes a vote goes on in the truck. Is that right, Ty? The you oh, yeah, totally it's decide. not. It's not totally on me. I mean, I'll 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 take a poll sometimes in the truck and say, "What do you think? You know, what do you guys think?" And you know, you, you don't have a lot of supporters in the truck, so <laughs> oh, no. sometimes I have to you know, overrule them a little bit. Yeah, right. They're hard. So on that's you. final say. Ty, Ty is the final word. Yeah, I is the truck. Say. Yeah, and I just, just make. Let's just let's just get this out of the way, guys, real quick. <laughs> for for me, for David's, is this a oh, Twitter true. and all that? Yeah, Ty is the truck. <laughs> right. JT doesn't have a buzzer <laughs> under the table. <laughs> JT's not out to get David. Right. No, I weigh in, and I'm sure Ty may think about maybe what I say. Probably not. Probably it's not. true. Some of it. Ty Sometimes I'm relying on JT to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Has JT ever swayed you, Ty? Has your decision been made, and then all of a sudden JT makes an argument on the air, and you go, oh, "That's not. That's not a bad point." 
I've never been swayed from a bell to a buzzer or vice versa. Thank you. Thank you. When I've been when I've been on the fence, that's when it's like I don't know. And then so then I got a buzzer to a bell. A buzzer to a bell. Yes. But not a bell to a buzzer, right? No. Just get that. Let's lay it out there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, JT gets very sensitive when you. Well, you got to. This is seven years. Yeah. Oh, this George. Is what, people will walk up to me, and, you know, and it's like, bell or buzzer tonight? That's a buzzer. Oh, way to go, JT. You know what I mean? Come on. I, you know, I didn't do this. But no credits for the bells. David gets all the no credits, credits for the bells. Oh, yeah. David gets the credit for the bells. Yeah. My favorite is like David in the mean, or even in, like when we look at elements, I showed them elements before you know, before the game, just so they can sh- see everything we've built and he can see his graphic before we go on the air and everything, you know, in the meeting and then in the grad, you know, where we're doing, you know, it's nothing. He's like, he's saying it's nothing, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Then when he gets on the air, it's like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely, I've got this and I've got that. And <laughs> got to sell it. got to sell it. He, he tries to reel me in like it's a, you know, it's not anything. But then, he, you know, then he starts to make me feel bad, like, you know, yeah, but you know, maybe I works both ways because because in the meeting you'll 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 give me the old oh yeah yeah that yeah let's let's go with that I like that one and then you know I sell it hard and then <laughs> the old dope rope dope we don't it's true what's interesting Liz like a lot of times Ty we don't know like David has all this other information he doesn't right. reveal right at the meeting and everything so oh yeah you know, that's there true. is exactly. there's a little bit of a surprise for us you know we we kind of know where he's going there. there's a there's a game within within the game that comes <laughs> on <for sure. laughs> it really is i will i will say though he's he's got a lot of bells this year yes it's yeah well there's a lot of material good material yeah. to work with this year yeah i do i love a good buzzer what's the impetus what's the What's the impetus for a buzzer before he even finishes speaking? What when do you decide you when do you we decide you We've done that a couple of times, I think. Yeah. It's, those are fun. Those are fun. <laughs> those are fun. But you know what, David? You did this, what, is it seven years seven or eight years seventh, ago? Seventh year. And we started just because seventh of what year. we're all talking about. Right. Entertain ourselves because the team was not winning. <laughs> you know, not winning many games. So you know, we, we came up with this idea collectively to do something fun because I'm always at meetings, production meeting, throwing out, you know, crazy things that I've found in my research. So we just decided to put that in the show every night. And here we are seven years later and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> no. but because, because, you know, it's not just basketball things where, where that pops right. up. Like we'll be at dinner talking about something and you'll throw something out there and go, is that anything? Like, a, <laughs> like right. that's, that we have become part of the vernacular basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a, certainly a lot more fun when you're winning. I guess, Ty, I guess it, it, as we close this thing out, like, what would your advice be? There's a lot of people that are trying to break into this industry and, you know, there's opportunities behind the scenes, I think, that maybe people aren't aware of. Uh, you know, don't know that everyone can can get to kind of where you're at. But what would your advice be to people that are kind of coming into this industry? And then what you've seen, I mean, we're, we're, a, we're, we're a close-knit group. We really are. It's kind of like family through the course of a season. All the time we spend together. I know that helps, right? You have good chemistry yeah. uh, with the right. people you work with. But maybe maybe some some advice for people trying to get in. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, I would it's been the same thing for me and for years It's like, just if you can get in, just work hard and just try to learn as much as you can and, and show that you, you know, that you're valuable. 
that you can be a value, you know, you know, just whether it's, you know, editing or, you know, taking the initiative to, to edit your own stuff and things like that. I mean, to, in today's world with technology, you know, it used to be when I started, if I wanted to edit something, I had to go, I had to go to a room that had a, you know, million dollars worth of equipment, you know, expensive equipment to edit with. Now you can edit on your laptop. Any, any, any college student can get a hundred dollars or whatever. It can get editing equipment on their laptop and, and just, just start editing stuff. You know, you can get stuff off of YouTube, off the internet, you can, and make videos and things like that. And just show that you can tell stories and things like that. So it's a lot easier to show, you know, what you can do or to practice and, and be creative than it, than it used to be. So that's what I would tell somebody that wants to get in the industry is like, like use the technology that that's out there that anybody can get to and show, I mean, people edit stuff on their phones and things like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy what they can do. So if you, if you have that interest, you know, do that and show that to people and then, you know, just make sure you you research, you know, the, the industry and know where, where the internships are and where the opportunities might be, but don't be afraid to, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are like, well, I'm not getting paid for this or whatever. You, you got to just pay your dues and just get out there and, and, and work. And, you know, that's how, that's how it worked for me. So, um, I had no idea about, uh, I had no idea about sports television until I took a class in college and, uh, I had to do a paper. I, I was a sports television class i had to do a paper on something that to do with sports television so i reached out to the people at sunshine network and asked them like you know can you send me some info and they sent me a whole pamphlet of stuff and all this all this information i had no idea about it and then i was like hey do you guys have internships and they're like well we we haven't before but we're going to start this year so i was actually sunshine network's first intern just because i reached out to them and, and asked them about what it that? so um, so yeah, so that's just, you just gotta, just gotta do the work, be proactive. I think yep. your advice is good, uh, pretty much in any profession. Uh, everything you yeah. said is true. Yeah. Um, George, I'm sure in, uh, in your world and, you know, I talk to a lot of young broadcasters and tell them that too, you know, you, they've got so many opportunities now that we didn't have, um, with the internet to, um, to get experience or at least get a tape or I don't even, you don't even call it a tape anymore. Do you? I don't, I don't know what you call it, whatever, but uh, you've got a video. File. You send them a file. You send them a file. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the opportunities are out there. Just, you just got to find what your niche niche is and, um, and go for it and, and do the work. Like you said, Ty, that's great advice. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Ty. We, we figured once we got our third interview with Peg from Finance, that it was time to have Ty on. You know, it's not <laughs> way overdue. Way overdue. With 30, we've all worked with you for 30 years and we've never had you on. So this was great to finally, great to finally catch up with you. Oh, this is, this isn't your first podcast? I thought it was the first guest. <laughs> oh, okay. you guys have been doing it a while. Thanks for listening. Aren't you in charge? Aren't you in charge of us? Do you oversee us? <laughs> Don't you oversee That's the right. podcast? Well, let's see if we can't work in one more dinner at Cattleman's or something before this is all before this season is all said and done, right? Or you're you're not missing this road at all, Ty. You're not missing being on the road at all. Only the food <laughs> and the company. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Ty. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We'll see you next time.